Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You guys are going to have to talk Dave off the ledge. He is not good right now. I think Dave is being a bit insincere there, Kenny, but that's just me. I'm not. It was the most exciting thing to happen to this team since Brett Favre, but now we can't have it. If anyone knows about, like, feigning interest or insincerity, it would be Judd. <laughs> I am an expert at it, and I call BS on Harrigan. Yeah, man. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. The opening bell. You like that? You like that? You know, it's going to be hard to yank him out of there right now. So, you know, he's playing good, and um, we'll just see how it goes. We're just going to keep going one week at a time. That's the way it is. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not looking to pull him, but, uh, you know, every week's a different week in this league. He's got a horseshoe right now. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. You like that? You like that? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just so all kinds of oh, quarterback news coming Zim. down uh, this morning. So we are like a day and a half away from actual pen on paper. It's tomorrow afternoon. 3 o'clock. So 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yes, but since you went to bed last night, Drew Brees, according to Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, has uh, he has stiff-armed the advances of Rick Spielman and other NFL GMs. He's going to go back to the Saints, $50 million over two years, $27 million guaranteed, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of a discount for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if he plays out that whole contract. But it was great fun for, what, about an 18-hour period there sure. or so? Well, uh, when, two months for our show. Well, but but yeah. when, when Pelissero uh, from th- the Vikings facility in Egan reported that the Vikings, among other teams, had called Drew Brees' representation, it was a great fun period of speculation, which is all this entire tampering period is about for the most part. Uh, so that happened, and then late around... around Around midnight last night, just out, I stayed up for the Tom Brady Stephen Colbert thing where he chugged a beer in like a half second, which I is saw amazing. That, yeah, uh, and then I went to bed, but other people stayed up to see Case Keenum agreeing to terms with the Denver Broncos. No terms yet, but some speculation that it's going to be eighteen to twenty million dollars, which prompted this epic condescending Judd Zolget headline on fifteen hundred ESPN.com. It's fresh though, mere minutes ago. Just wrote it, Dave. This is like. Condescending Judd is one of my favorite versions of Judd, where he just gets indignant. I haven't heard this. I'm very excited. It's just posted during the last new. commercial break. I'm perking up now. It's brand Zolgad. New. Oh, colon. colon. I've got something Here's important to say. Yes. Let's hear it. Come on. Case Keenum's departure, only a surprise to those who weren't paying attention. Oh, uh-huh. That's right. smarter than you. That's right. That, well, not just me. <laughs> Mackie said it. Matthew Collar. All season long, all you had to do, in fact, Harrigan, 
You even went and found the Zim clips. All you had to do was listen to Mike Zimmer all season long to know that Case Keenum was a one and done with this team. Mike Zimmer never had any... When you say, I'm sorry, but connecting the dots ain't too tough here. When you use words like horseshoe, big gonads... When you respond to, you won eight consecutive games and eventually somebody comes comes to you in a press conference and said, when did you sort of know this was your guy? And you're like, yeah, a couple weeks ago, maybe. You know, it's going to be hard <laughs> to yank him out of there right now. So, you know, he's playing good and um, we'll just see how it goes. We're just going to keep going one week at a time. That's the way it is. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not looking to pull him, but, uh, you know, every week's a different week in this league. He's got a horseshoe right now. <laughs> That's true. He's yeah, he never bought in. He, was he never give, bought he in. He was giving you a map to the fact that this guy was not going to be his guy. So so two things off this news. Number one, the stakes have gone up for the Vikings in their pursuit of Kirk Cousins because one of their main, whether it's Plan B or Plan C, Case Keenum is off the board, uh, you know, barring a change of heart in the next twenty four hours. So he's gone, and you haven't signed Kirk Cousins yet because you can't until tomorrow. So obviously, as your backup options also come off the shelves, it's even more important for you to lock up that plan A, which is Kirk Cousins, so the stakes go up. And the second angle here, too, is in terms of odds and stakes, the Vikings with Case Keenum, knowing that he's going to make far less money than Kirk Cousins, he might make, it's possible he makes $10 million less average annual value per year, you know, if it's 18 to 20 million for yeah, he probably makes for Case Keenum. Twenty so, something. Yeah. So the gamble, the gamble is very obvious now for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Their decision is based solely on skepticism mm-hmm. that Keenum can repeat his performance. So that and it's, I don't think it's black or white. I don't think it's he's either going to be a bust or he's going to be great again. The Vikings are gambling that without Pat Shermer and and with changing infrastructure and a career backup resume before 2017 that the odds weren't likely of him doing what he did again in 2018. Absolutely. And they decide to pass on that because they need a sure thing with a Super Bowl-ready team. So, like, I'm fine with them making that decision. I think it's the right decision. A lot of fans, I'm guessing, are going to be unhappy that Case Keenum is going to sign with the Broncos tomorrow. Case is going to go from a Shermer, who was, in my opinion, incredible last year, called games on a consistent basis yeah there was there were some things here and there i think that were debated but for the most part uh, pat uh, pat was fantastic and now you're going to go and introduce case to his new offensive coordinator case meet bill musgrave bill meet case we'll see how that goes uh the interesting thing now is when it comes to cousins we're supposedly down to three teams correct we're down to the vikings we're down to the jets and we're down to the cardinals unless there's a mystery team yeah. involved that let me in here. can i please dispel the cardinals just a little bit ian rapaport had a tweet yesterday that said that basically said that he had been wondering why there was so much uh, potential cousins to the cardinals team and he said he had found out why this is why his sister lives in arizona okay If that's really it, let me help you out here. You're about to make nearly $30 million guaranteed per season. Probably not from the Cardinals. Might might be from the Jets. Might be from the Vikings. Family's important. I love family. Family's great. Sisters are great. I've got one. I like her. But let's be... She's very nice. Let's be honest about this. If you're going to get $30 million, let's say, from the Jets... I can fly to Arizona all I want, probably on a damn private plane and see sis. On a Monday off day. Yeah. 
So if we're if we're really talking, if we are really saying that the Arizona Cardinals are in this race because of his family, his sister being, give me a break. This is the Jets and this is the Vikings. You can see Sis on the bye week and then in the in the you seven can, months of offseason. Sis off and her family can come see you. Right. So this whole if, if the Arizona if this is really the if the Cardinals equation is well, if you sit down with with Kirk and say, Kirk, the Cardinals really like you. And plus, we hear your sister's in town. Yeah, it's good. Bye, see you later. (laughs) I'm going to the Jets or the Vikings. It is kind of funny. Who do you think right now has more leverage, Kirk Cousins or the Vikings? Because I can make the case on both sides. I can make the case for for Kirk Cousins' agent. I could say, well, Vikings, your plan B is off the shelf. We know that you don't really want to go with Teddy Bridgewater untested for two years. So... You're pretty much all in on Kirk Cousins. You can't play the old, well, we got Case Keenum over here. He's gone. So so there's leverage in that regard for the Kirk Cousins camp. But if you're the Vikings and now the Broncos, all of the suitors are looking around the room. The Broncos said, yeah, all right, we're we're out. Cardinals probably going to bow out here sometime soon. So the fewer the suitors, the more leverage the Vikings might have, unless the Jets want to go crazy and, uh, and bump it up to like $120 million guaranteed. So who do you think in this... Next day and a half or so, as uh, as they progress toward pen on paper, who do you think has the upper hand in these discussions? I, I think as long as the Jets are a serious player here, Cousins does, because you don't know what the Jets are going to do. Now, my ge- my guess is that Spielman and, and the Vikings have, have a cutoff point, and it might be 27, 28 tops. If the Jets come in and say 30 guaranteed three years, I think he goes there. So I think until yeah, and, and I disagree. I don't think I think the gap has to be way wider than that for him to pick the Jets. But someone on NFL Network this morning said ten million dollar gap. Yeah, what, I heard that last night. Or maybe that's, that was ESPN. I don't know. That's that's not that's too much. But I think I I think until the Jets are out or or if the Jets if you're right and the Jets are close, I think the Cousins camp has the upper hand given the fact that you still have a team with the Jets I believe who have next to the Browns if I'm not mistaken the second most cap room in the league still so the Cousins camp has has the hammer until the Jets are out now if the Jets are saying 28 and that's it the Vikings are in great shape but I I believe that the Cousins camp is in very very good shape even if it's just two teams as long as the Jets stay involved ding Uh, Other things that have happened since you may have gone to bed last night, and these are all just verbal agreements because you can't actually sign until tomorrow with an NFL team. But So Case Keenum to Denver, we don't know what the terms are. My guess is, so there's been some some reports or some speculation that it's in that $18 to $20 million range, which would put him right around like 16th or 17th, between like 15th and 20th in terms of average annual value for a quarterback. They probably guarantee him... A couple of years where they'll they'll guarantee him the whole first year and then you yeah. know some money in the in the second year to make it pretty tough to cut him. Mm-hmm. But there's also speculation the Broncos could still draft a quarterback, so they might be looking for the Case Keenum draft pick combination. Uh, so that happened. Sammy Watkins to Kansas City, a very interesting. When he was targeted last year, he was one of the better touchdown uh, collectors among wide receivers, and he was a big deep threat. Obviously, he's been that way for his entire career. Yep. And uh, he hooks up with now Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. Andrew Norwell becomes the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL, right? This is remarkable. For Uh, a guard, too. He goes from, so he's an interior offensive lineman to guard. He gets $30 million guaranteed to go from Carolina to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, 
decided offensive line more important than Allen Robinson wide receiver. So Allen Robinson goes to Chicago mm-hmm. on uh, a lucrative contract. And there's been some other signings, but those are the big ones. And Drew Brees, obviously, $50 million. It sounds like it's a it's a one year with an option That's second year. Him, so it'll yes. be like $27 million guaranteed. That was so much and fun. And then though. an option. That was so much fun. The Vikings called Drew Brees. We came so close to potentially being at least partially right compared to when Patrick said, he ain't leaving. You guys shouldn't even talk about that. I said, no, this is too. This is at least too much fun. Um, my question with Norwell, a guard getting that type of payday is this. What does the next left tackle get? If you So right now, on an average annual basis, a guard is the top paid, not guard, lineman in the league. What does your next left tackle get? A lot. It's uh, your left. Yeah, absolutely going a, to slay a lot of money. on the next contract. Yes, slay. That's the first time it's I've ever heard you use slay the word on slay. a contract. I'm excited. <laughs> I love this. When judge using words like slay, you know it's football signing are, season. Exactly. Baby. No, this is a this is a fun time. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. You know, you like that. You like that, Mr. Sincerity. You know, I have a. I have. You know what? When it comes to football, I'm very sincere. Speaking of my Mr. sincerity, Mr. Sincerity, did you see the photo from? I showed you this from Lou Nanny's restaurant last night. You had Sid Hartman's 98th birthday celebration with Bud Grant and Lou Nanny all mm-hmm. in the same photo. Mm-hmm. Bud looks fantastic, by the way. 90, right? Lou looks the best because he's well, like yeah, a but generation he's young, younger. But he's young. But I'm saying yeah. Bud is 90, correct? He is 90. Bud Grant looks absolutely fantastic. He has his own luxury office inside the new training facility too. You know why? When Bud came back, I think Patrick told me the story. When Bud came back, so Bud retired after 83. Steckel comes in, 3-13, and 13, right? Complete debacle, disaster. My understanding was when Bud came back and said, I'll coach for one year again, 85, part of the agreement was, I get a permanent office at your facility forever. That's not a very hard thing to agree to, right? There's a lot of things no. you could you could no, but I'm saying that's up a, for. But that's a very an office is not. But that's a very very savvy move too. Is it? Because you're thinking to yourself, how about money? Why is well, an no, office no, I think, a savvy? No, no, no. I think Bud got Bud got paid too. My point is, Bud Bud said, said to himself, if I'm going to come back and coach this collection that just by the way went three and thirteen. I'm going to get as much as possible. No, he got paid too. But of all the things you could negotiate and play hardball for, I know. But think about a it: lifetime office. I what does he do there in the last That's... five, ten years? Like take his garage think... sale receipts and yeah, a I big think, calculator. Yeah. Who, who cares? <laughs> the the point the point is the man had the foresight to see that, that he was going to live till ninety plus. And and negotiated an office even when they moved to Egan. But he got a I, he had I the foresight fun. to then give himself fun. a commute. He could just stay home. But he doesn't want to. He's an active man. He could say, man. hey, here's no. the Vikings. Here's the thing. I'll coach for you, but whenever I want a little addition to my home, you're going to pay for it. And, and they that probably, that and they probably did that, creative. too. And they probably and, did that, too. And Bud wants savvy, a pool. Bud's a savvy man. But Bud can go into the office when Bud wants. If he doesn't want to, he, he can stay home. Bud I admire Bud, Bud Grant greatly. Bud, Bud needs the private jet. Whoever the owner is. Red McCombs in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Bud wants to go hunting in the Dakotas, and he doesn't want to drive. Right. How often does he use the office? Can't be that often, I don't know, but my point point is it's very nice. (laughs) It never uses it, but it's a great thing. It looks fairly big. The man is 90 years old, and he still has an office. I think he's a genius. I appreciate Bud Grant. Can't get away from work. All right. Let's come back here. TCL Broadcast Studios. Renamed the Reckless Speculation Studios today because this is uh, all kinds of things are happening 
in the NFL last night and this morning. We'll get Matthew Collar in here from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Here it is. On 1500 ESPN. Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast. Uh, he slept with seven footballs, three two com- as pillows. Three computers, two phones, seven footballs, and... Um, Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Bought some. That's had all some yesterday. Got to be careful with that because no, oh, the Rice Krispie Treat cereal might yeah. be different than the actual Rice Krispies. Oh, yeah, you got to yeah, eat yeah. that fast. No, no, no. It's different. It's got more staying power because it's covered in sugar. Yeah. And I don't know how you don't weigh seven hundred pounds. By the way, like I, I jog. You eat. Yeah, he, pizza ru- he and runs a lot. Phil. He runs a lot. Your metabolism Play is hoops. Uh, is enviable. <laughs> don't don't um, ask about basketball. So Kirk Cousins has not agreed to terms yet, but the Broncos are out. I think the fact that the Broncos, who were very much interested and uh, publicly, like Von Miller was out on NFL Network a week ago, publicly begging for <laughs> Kirk Cousins to sign. The fact that they just did an about face and brought in Case Keenum says. Kirk Cousins and his camp are telling teams it's either down to the Jets and the Vikings or it's just down to one team, and I think that would be the Vikings, right? I mean, that's the way I read it. Coming out of the Combine, everybody seemed to believe that Kirk Cousins was a dead-set lock to go to the Minnesota Vikings, and Judd and I were talking on the Purple Podcast the other day. What's your percentage chance that Cousins comes here? And I was at 90% the other day. And then yesterday with the Breeze, I took it down a little bit when Breeze was out there, potentially. But now that Breeze is off the board, it's back to, and maybe even higher, 95% that Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. I mean, it just seems like that has been their goal number one. They have the most attractive place to bring a quarterback, and they have the salary cap room to do it. Uh, The Jets just have a really tough argument if they're going to try and bring him there. Their only argument is, look, we've got a little bit more money. But it's not so much more. It's not fifteen million versus thirty million. It'd be more like twenty-eight million versus thirty-two, and that's just not quite enough to convince a guy to go from a Super Bowl caliber team to a team that's entirely on the rebuild. And some of these top free agents are already going off the board, like Andrew Norwell, the guard from Carolina, who's going to sign with Jacksonville. So you're seeing some of the top free agents signing with people or agreeing to sign with people. And so the Jets couldn't even argue to Kirk Cousins, oh, well, we're going to get this guy and this guy and this guy to fill out the roster because a lot of those top players are going off the board. The Vikings already have the roster. They don't have to try yeah. and sell what the roster could be. Yeah, they they can basically say, come pl- play here for a ton. And by the way, it's all set, which is why the which is why the Breeze conversation to me was at least intriguing. Because for all you, you can fret about what what a big contract means for the, the future of this franchise for 2018, you're set. Like you have you have the ability to pay a guy a, a ton to play quarterback for you, right? Plug him in, and you've got Diggs, Thielen, Cook, defense. Uh, the only thing with the Jets is I'm curious. I'm curious if they would do attempt to do something stupid. That's the only thing that, that would counter what you're saying, Collar. Yeah, what what is, leads is you to believe the that Jets, the Jets would do something because irrational? Woody Johnson is absolutely nuts. That would be the only the only difference would be if the Jets are like we are all in because I think the Vikings are in this case willing to be irresponsible and do something that would be considered slightly crazy. I, however, firmly believe that there is probably a figure written down and that's it. Right. Like, I don't see the Jets—if the Jets say 34, 
And the Cousins camp comes back and says 34. Yeah. I don't see the Vikings saying like the, 35 or 30. I, so that's that's the one thing is I don't trust the Jets. The Vikings, I think, might do something that we consider silly, but I don't think they would get stupid. Yeah. How high would it have to be to even convince Well, that's what I'm curious about. It would have to be quite a bit higher, not just a couple million dollars, to convince him to go there. And he would have to have some affinity for playing in New York or be a New York quarterback or something like that. There would have to be some other extra factor because the Jets are entirely rebuilding and don't look to me like they are anywhere close to competing for a Super Bowl, and maybe they never will be if they don't do it right. And sorry if I don't trust your management, New York Jets, where the Vikings have stability at the head coach spot, stability in the front office, two wide receivers who are among the best in the NFL, a rising star running back, an offensive line that was much improved last year, and you can add to this year, if you want to draft a guard this year, you're in great shape. Because there are four or five of them who can be plugged right in and play for the Minnesota Vikings and probably be good next year. Yeah, I think you and I are, are, are Judd and I have disagreed on the money difference. Like, to, to, and, and it sounds like you and I are on the same page here, Collar, and that if I'm in Kirk Cousins' shoes and a team wants to make me the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, let's say $28 million, but the Jets are offering a handful million more to get up to like 32 or $34 million. They want to go crazy and blow away the Jimmy Garoppolo average annual value. I'm still playing for the Vikings because at some point enough is enough. Like I'm already so all right, I listen, on behalf of the the players union and on behalf of just setting a market, I've done that. Here's 28 million like 28 million dollars mm-hmm. is the new market and I want to win a Super Bowl. I don't need another 5 million dollars a year on top of the 28 million. At some point it's monopoly money. And, and that's why I think the winning roster will win out even unless it just gets to be absurd and the Jets can offer an amount of guaranteed money over the course of like four years that the Vikings aren't comfortable with. But it sounds like, and here's another feather in the Vikings cap, it sounds like according to multiple reports, and Charles Robinson was on our show a week and a half ago saying this, that the that, that Kirk Cousins wants like a three-year deal so he can be a free agent again mm-hmm. and do this all over again when he's still in his prime. So, which is which is really smart on his part yeah. because he knows he's probably going to have some success here. That one of the knocks on him in Washington, and I think it was a fair knock, even though they didn't have a great defense, that it was fair to say he didn't win a whole lot because some of the reasons they didn't win were on him and not just on the defense. Uh, but if you come here to the Minnesota Vikings, there's a really good chance you're if you sign a three-year deal, you are in the playoffs for all three years, and then you're either getting another extension to stay here if you win anything, or if you don't and they want to draft somebody or move on in three years, then you'll have this same exact situation, and you can buy 17 other mansions by the beach, basically. And so it's well played NC for sis. him because and, and yes, and Go fly out sis. to see his in sister, yes, Arizona. <laughs> Where the Cardinals are trying to tell you, come on, but your sister's here. I mean, what was that about? How? Are they trying to put pressure on the Vikings to jack up the price even more? Because it Vi- doesn't make sense. But if I'm the Vikings, I look at that report and I start laughing. I mean, so so we finally found out why the Cardinals are the dark horse. His sister's there. I mean, how close would you have to be how? with your sister for that to make a huge difference for potentially winning the Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings how much, or how, playing for them? How much is this contract, too, uh, not, not only in the ridiculous amount of guaranteed cash that Cousins is going to get, but the year's going to change the parameters of QB contracts? Rodgers, Ryan, 
There's going to yeah. be th- this is going to be a um, if not seismic, it, this is going to be a large shift because it's going to be when, when it comes to that position now. If you're an upper echelon guy, it's going to be all guaranteed now. And I bet you that mo- that more guys say, "Let's go short term." Oh yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. three years. I mean, if just you're guarantee one, the whole thing. If you're Matt Ryan uh, and you see what Kirk Cousins is going to get, are you? Do you think you're going to be good three more years if you're Matt Ryan? Probably. He's been good for most of his entire career. There's been some ups and downs, a little higher than than lower, but he's always been in that top 10 sort of area. So if you signed a three-year deal and you're in the playoffs for three more years and you're still great, then you're signing another one. I, I think that that approach is really smart. From, from Cousins' standpoint, there's no reason not to want to be with the Vikings and to sign that sort of contract. It's only on the Vikings are they willing to actually take up this much cap space to have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback? Do they see him as so far above the next best option that it's worth spending way more? If Case Keenum, if he's going to get $18 million, then Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater are not getting that because there's so much risk there that even if Keenum has some question marks about whether he can keep it up, there's no health risk. So if you're signing Teddy Bridgewater or, or Sam Bradford, you're probably doing it for like $15 million on a one-year deal with another option or a two-year deal or something like that, and that's a lot of money left to spend, and you're not really locked into that. So that is also something the Vikings have considered. At the same time, you guarantee with Kirk Cousins that you are going to be in the mix for the entire time that you have the peak of your roster, and that's always been the best argument for it. That it's not that Cousins is some sort of top ten quarterback because Washington would not have yeah. let him go if it, he was. It's that he's the surest thing. Exactly. It's always the guarantee is on the box. What is that, Tommy Boy? The guarantee is on the box. Callahan that, Auto Parts. Yes, the that, guarantee yep, is on the box. That that he is going to have you at very least <laughs> in the mix, and, and you're going to be in the playoffs, and you're going to have a chance, and then you hope that the rest of your supporting cast can fill in some of the gaps there with him, which a supporting cast this good probably can. Right. Something else to consider off, uh, well, Judd brought up a good point about the landscape of free agency, too. So so two things quick. Uh, number one, I think as quarterbacks continue to leapfrog each other, Matt Stafford leapfrogged by Jimmy Garoppolo, leapfrogged by uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' next contract that they're that they're apparently discussing will probably leapfrog these, unless unless quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Tom Brady decide I've made enough money and now that I'm in my late 30s and I'm going to scale it back to uh, to make sure we can build the rest of the roster. It's possible in five years, much like the Joe Flacco contract from 2013. Now this 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 bloated contract toward the cap that just looks like it's going to hinder your entire roster is now the eighth most lucrative quarterback mm-hmm. contract. So it's it's possible one third of the, the league's teams over the course of the next few years are going to have the same problem, if not worse, with quarterbacks taking up so much cap space. And also on the guaranteed contracts front, this is going to make everyone involved rethink how contracts are negotiated. That's the most important point. Players are never going to get what they want, which is fully guaranteed contracts. Because there's too much risk. The owners and teams are never going to want to give up. Like, you can blow your ACL and be a different player, and I don't want to have to pay you for five more years like Albert Pujols. At least in other sports, you can put a guy out there at DH or something or move a guy to the bullpen and get value out of him. I can't move a running back to cornerback or to linebacker. If he he tears his ACL and he's 20 years old, 30 years old, he's cooked. But quarterbacks can get guaranteed money. And I would say... 
shorter term deals are more likely to be guaranteed. So mm-hmm. if players are willing to bet on themselves and it's easier as a quarterback because an injury might not ruin your career and you can play till you're 38. But this is this is going to it's going to change the conversation about guaranteed money in contracts and I think shorter term is the way to go if you want that. Uh I think the Ravens are an interesting case to bring up though because uh when they signed Flacco, I think everyone knew at the time this probably doesn't turn out that well for us overall. Like we got our Super Bowl out of him, so this is great. But then you sign a guy who was always in the middle of the pack. Uh, you know that he had the capability to play like an elite quarterback for parts of time, but overall wasn't. He was in the middle of mm-hmm. the, the league. He was about the fifteen. Had a great playoff that year. An unbelievable. That was yes, the key. Thing. Unbelievable yes. playoff, and he's he was always capable of getting hot and having an amazing stretch of games and winning the Super Bowl, which they did. But they had a top five defense for four years in a row after John Harbaugh took over, and then some of the parts didn't hold up and they had to let people go and the salary cap for us, the salary cap hit for Joe Flacco made it more challenging to bring in other players and things like that. And then for the last number of years, they've just been a so-so team that's sort of floating around. And that would be your concern if you're the Vikings. But right now you are in that hot zone of having the team entirely built up. It might not last, but you're basically saying we could do this right now with guaranteed decent to real good quarterback play, and that's what we know he's going to give us, so we're going to overpay for that. Uh, Troy Rank from ABC7 in Denver. He used to, I think he used to work, he used to cover the Rockies, and he's a newspaper guy, now he's a TV guy. And he tweets, Keenum move met with, to say politely, trepidation from Broncos fans. One advantage, it leaves the Broncos with flexibility to make additional moves via trade and free agency and does not preclude taking a quarterback in the draft. But it sounds like Broncos fans are not thrilled with winding up with Case Keenum. Let's come back. Mackie and Judd, Matthew Collar hanging out with us. And if you guys want to chime in, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This is like a marriage. Mackey and Judd. Might be boring, but it's stable. On 1500 ESPN. Reckless speculation. I think most people believe that Minnesota is the favorite for Kirk Cousins. And again, they're waiting to hear an answer from him and what Kirk Cousins decides here. Now, again, the Vikings remain the favorite for him. Adam Schefter, ESPN, with 19 phones, texting with one hand. He's got one phone under his left ear and he's texting he with his toes. Sleep. No sleep for him. He just waits. Not allowed to sleep. Yes. Matthew Collar is with us from 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast. And the reckless speculation lines are open. 651-646-8255. We can get into some of the other non-quarterback related things the Vikings are going to be maybe interested in the next 48 to 72 hours. Uh, Shelly, you're on the show. What's up, Shelly? Hey, guys. Um, I know they were talking earlier about Arizona having the scoop with the sister. Yeah. But little known fact that Kurt's grandmother lives about 180 miles southwest of here. Ooh. My mother plays bridge with her. Really? Oh, this is breaking news. No, this is news. This is actual news. So so this, so this, he's torn between, between sis and grandma. Forget it. Grandma's going to win. I like how you think. Is Grandma sort of a a league average bridge player or above league average bridge player? Well, it usually comes down to uh, her or my mother taking the dollar twenty-five grand prize from the bridge hand. But Kurt's mom grew up in Fort Dodge, Iowa, and that's where 
um, the grandmother still is. She's at Okaboji now. You like that? You like that? Shelly, bring in the. Oh, we, we break we news win on the show. Shelly, we win. Shelly, is your last is your last name Schefter? <laughs> no, McFadden. That works too. <laughs> it's Rappaport. <laughs> Shelly, thank you Thanks, for the Shelley. phone call. We didn't really need your actual last name. That's interesting. So, <laughs> so hold on a second here. I'm thinking that bridge pot's going to grow quite a bit too. Oh, I'm sure there'll I mean, be Kirk, more than a dollar If Kirk signs here and shows up with Grandma, Grandma's going to up the ante. They're grandma's actually got, building here's the five million bridge facility out in Egan. <laughs> <laughs> world class. To quote the Wilps, it's a world class <laughs> bridge facility. Um, I think my, my Twitter timeline has been full of just a lot. I think there's a lot of people who got hooked on Case Keenum during the season and are just disappointed or I think... Maybe the feeling is more nervous that he's going to just continue to play extremely well and and the Vikings are going to wind up regretting it. But let me flip it around. I think because Case Keenum is your starting quarterback on your favorite team, your vision is clouded if you're still pro-Keenum or disappointed he's going to go to the Broncos right now. And, and I would say, were you this bullish on Brock Osweiler after his breakout <laughs> season, objectively when he was with the Broncos? Were you this bullish on Brian Hoyer after he was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL? I think it was like 2013 with the Houston Texans. Or Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah, in Buffalo where Matthew Collar covered the Bills. I mean, he had, well, he had a year with the Jets. Yeah. He had a year with the Bills that landed him a big contract like eight years ago. You know, And people were skeptical of those guys, rightfully so. And I think Case Keenum falls in the same bit. Now, it's possible he could go on to have up-and-down effective seasons like a Ryan Fitzpatrick and not be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're paying for the sure thing in, in Kirk Cousins. I think the question is this. Was Zimmer right? Because Zimmer, there was never a moment that you suspected that mm-hmm. he thought to himself, okay, I'm on to something here. I might be wrong. Uh, he he might be for real. Was Mike Zimmer, is, is he right? Because he never, ever committed to Case Keenum. So I've looked at this a bunch of different ways. I mean, I watch back every game on the film and I and I know we make fun of that but what you see from quarterbacks on the film is what they saw and then you can take a much closer look at the actual throw and when you watch on TV and this is just a, an unfortunate thing cuz I think they could do some things to make this better when you see the ball leave the quarterback's hands and then you see the guy catch it or not catch it what you don't see is what he had to do to adjust to the ball, or was he open, or was it a contested catch? Maybe you can get a little bit of a sense of that. Did he make the right decision? Case Keenum, I think, made a lot of the right decisions, but a lot of his throws were pretty darn inaccurate. And he was bailed out constantly by the Vikings wide receivers, and I don't know that that's something that's a sustainable model. Someone who really, when he's throwing down the field or short, there were a lot of inaccurate throws. And, and maybe a good example is that throw against Carolina, where it's 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 a very easy, routine throw out to Stephon Diggs, and it's five feet over his head. He's got to jump up. It ends up being tipped and, and turned into an interception. I mean, you could say, oh, well, maybe Diggs should get that. But, I mean, come on, that's a quick screen. That shouldn't be a throw that's that's there. And there were a lot of those that I saw this year that just were not really accurate throws. And I think that that's what Mike Zimmer was looking at a lot, is saying the throws down the field float and, and aren't very good. I think he went 11 for 46, throwing it over 20 yards. I, I mean, when you don't really have the capability to throw it down the field in the NFL, isn't that what the criticism of Bridgewater was? But Bridgewater was better at throwing it down the field than Case Keenum was last year. And, and and so I think that he's looking at that. 
the turnover decisions where he had a lot of dropped interceptions, the, the, the fact that he had been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL under pressure and all of a sudden was above average, which is going to be hard to sustain, all those things were probably factored in. They say he really just doesn't have the skill set to keep this up. I also don't think it, it was just Mike. Yeah, probably not. Because I think Mike probably got advice and or consulted with Shermer, the offensive coaches. I think this goes beyond that, and and th- those guys uh, don't talk to the press that much and certainly have no incentive to share. But if you think about it, Zimmer's so focused on defense throughout the course of a year. I think that he, I think he had a feeling about this, and I think basically in consulting with, with Shermer was told, you're probably right. Yeah. So to me, it, in the building, it this opinion might not have been shared by everyone, but it goes beyond Mike, and it goes to the fact that they all thought to themselves, he's having a really nice year. It's a fantastic story. But beyond that, can can you can you count on this guy if you sign him to a three year contract to get you to a Super Bowl in two thousand eighteen? The answer was probably no among a lot of people. Yeah, and also I think we we're it's we're so quick to lean on fantasy stats, and I love when Kyler rants about this because it's true. I mean, it's we 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 lean on uh, touchdown to interception ratio, and we lean on total yards and stuff, and those things. I don't think those things are irrelevant necessarily, but when you watch. How many times Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs caught passes that maybe weren't catchable if it was any other receiver or if, if it was someone outside the top 10 or top 12 wide receiver group? What were to happen if you were to bring in somebody who was maybe more capable of carrying you in situations where your defense wasn't? And that's the way that they're looking at it. It's, okay, so we had the 10th best offense in the NFL. If Sam Bradford had been running that offense last year, is it top five instead if Sam Bradford gets into a little trouble against Philadelphia Eagles does he bring them back I'm talking about the best version of Sam Bradford not ah my knee I mean I'm talking about the week one Sam Bradford we saw sure could he bring you back I mean there was a part of me that thought at that playoff game against the Eagles why don't you just bring in Sam Bradford and see if he can bring you back because we know who can't and that's Case Keenum and that's where things always get hairy in the playoffs, where you do need to go back and forth with teams sometimes. They, even though you have a number one defense, the other team's probably got a great offense. Yeah. I think it's worth noting, too, uh, the sentimental value fans attached to Case Keenum. He's much more relatable than most NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Like I watched Tom Brady on late on uh, Colbert last night drinking. So, I mean, the most relatable thing he's done in 10 years is chug a beer on live TV. But he's wearing a $1,000 minimum, probably more like a $10,000 watch. He's advertising $10,000, $20,000 mattresses. Um, you look around the league, and these guys are making $25, $30 million a year. Case Keenum was undrafted, mm-hmm. undersized. He was not highly coveted out of high school because he didn't. I mean, he went to he went to Houston. He didn't go to Alabama or Florida State. He went to Houston. So every step of the way, people have been doubting him and telling him why he can't do something. And then he gets in the NFL, and he's kind of this scrappy backup who gets a couple chances, but it's most, mostly a disaster bouncing around. And, and and so he gets to this point in his career where it's you got to you got to perform, and the chips are on the table for a good team, and he does. And there's something endearing and really likable about him. And I think we can separate Case Keenum, the guy, and the yeah. story, which is a great story, yeah. and he's an amazingly likable guy. But in terms of what you have to do as an NFL front office in a Super Bowl window here's, and determine whether a guy can repeat performance, that's a separate conversation. Here's the Vikings parallel. If you're a Vikings fan, think of this. And and this guy in his prime was superior to Keenum, but the story could very well play out the same. Randall Cunningham. 
Randall Cunningham in 98 got here, and he was given God's gift, Randy Moss, right? Mm -hmm. Go back and watch his throws. He's basically at times, and it it was fantastic to watch, lofting up what amounted to punts to Moss. Mm -hmm. They go 15-1, and and everyone says, my gosh, Randall Cunningham is back. It's going to be great. Randall, Randall Cunningham, the next season in Detroit, asked to be taken out, and it fell apart. And and Keenum has had one year. Cunningham had been fantastic in Philadelphia for a while, retired and come back. My point being is I think what the Vikings see is they see a pop-up year in which this guy had a lot of luck, had a lot of fortune, and a really good team. But if you bring that back and count on that again, you're taking a big risk for a team that you don't think can be good. You think this team can win a Super Bowl. It reminds me very much of Doug Flutie when he came back from the CFL and played for the Bills. And it was a really similar situation where he was not the starter to begin with. And then he won some games and and he ran around and he was really fun to watch because he, he would improvise and come up with stuff that you'd be like, wow, that I never saw that coming. He left the pocket, and he jumped around, and he threw, you know, there's touchdowns, ran for a touchdown. And with Keenum, there was kind of the same effect, that he is a guy that also has a playing style that you really enjoy sometimes when it goes right and is a guy that you want to root for because you think, oh, he's making more than his talent because he has this ability to improvise, which is probably true, but it's also not really a sustainable model. People figure that out, for one. Also, that those throws that you just fling up in the air to Adam Thielen and he comes down with it, well, sometimes those end up turning into bad interceptions against the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs and things like that. And that's where that's what usually ends up happening. Last year, it didn't because of a number of different factors, but one of those factors is just that we only play 16 games here. Yeah. And imagine if we judged every other sport. This is how tough football is. If we judged every other sport on 16 games, who, what, Marcus Foligno might be the best NHL player of all time yes. for a year. I mean, for a year, <laughs> for 16-game segments, that guy can dominate. For Charlie Coyle, he can I mean, dominate. Chris Stewart had eight goals in the first five minutes right? this year. and yeah. got cut. Before right. the end of the year. Well, the ultimate, like, and there's, you could bring up a million examples of this, and we got to take a break here. We'll come back and talk more free agency. But Chris Parmalee came in September, his first, I think it was his first year in the big him. leagues, and and Chris Parmalee raked. And if you would have had to bet money, okay, you got to make a decision right now on this guy's career, mm-hmm. what would you do? Of course, recency bias would play in, and you'd give him a bunch of money, and it would have been a mistake. Mackie and Judd hanging out here with Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Mackie and Judd now continue. No way. You can't just stroll up and be welcomed back by everyone. Hey, welcome back. On 1500 ESPN. Join Judd and 1500 ESPN at Tuttles and Hopkins from 530 to 730 tomorrow, the 14th, for the ultimate college basketball tournament viewing party. There'll be basket pong, prizes galore, some bracketology perhaps. And fantastic beer specials. Come out and watch the field unfold. It's all sponsored by Dosakis. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, David. Uh, so, Matthew Collar, be on the quarterback position as we get set for a free agency to transition from the legal tampering period, where we now are, to the start of signing at 3 o'clock on Wednesday. Beyond quarterback, where do you see the Vikings uh, trying to address in the coming days? I think their first position to look at is nickel cornerback I do not think that Mackenzie Alexander is a starting nickel cornerback it's a very important position it's 70 percent of snaps and so it's basically a starting spot Uh, he is a better fit 
I think to play the outside, even though in fill-in duty he did a pretty good job at the nickel, I, I still don't see them trusting him because they chose a 40-year-old over him who had never played that position before last year. That's what they decided to go with over over him. So unless he makes some big, big strides, and I don't think you can really take that chance that he's going to, I think he's much better as a guy who mixes in, plays 30% of the snaps. What he did last year was nice, but I don't know that he's... He doesn't have the athletic profile of Rhodes or Waynes. So when people say like, oh, well, those two guys took their big step in their third year. Right. But those two guys are freak athletes and Mackenzie Alexander really isn't. Mm -hmm. So I think what you saw last year is probably the best he's going to be, which means going out and looking at a guy who kind of broke your soul last year, Patrick Robinson, somebody they liked back way back when in the draft. And then the pick six for this year. There's some other names out there. Aaron Colvin is an interesting player. Uh, Bashad Breland, who played for Washington. Dominique rogers Camardi two years ago, is one of the best nickel corners in the NFL. And uh, so there's a number of guys that I think that they want to look at. But that's a spot that I think goes first. And then guard and defensive tackle. I don't know what they want to address in the draft and what they want to address in free agency. It looks like... If they were going to pick up a tackle, maybe Chris Hubbard or Cameron Fleming, two guys that have been role players that are pretty good, uh, that, that they could do that. But my guess is that they're drafting either guard or tackle with that 30 spot because there are some good players that are going to be there. And then defensive tackle also becomes interesting after you sign Kirk Cousins because I think I'm there where I think that they're going to do that. It's just when. Um, then you look at bringing Tom Johnson back. Could you? Can, it would be hilarious if Don Terry Poe played here. Linval Joseph and Don Terry Poe would be amazing. That would be fun. That would be a ton of fun. It doesn't fit the profile of Zimmer's defense to have two guys that massive, but that would be fun. Yes, it would be. Uh, I mean, we had the Williams wall here. That would be some other kind of wall. And maybe have to come up with a clever name for it. Sheldon Richardson is another guy that he probably wants a lot of money, but I'm not sure how much money he's going to get because of some of his off-the-field yeah. concerns. L- and- Let me ask you this about like Vikings and Cap and... So Stefan Diggs is one of the free agent uh, situations they're going to have to address. And if you look at some of the standard four-year, three-year deals, extensions, Devontae Adams with, a, I believe it was $58 million over four years and like 30 guaranteed, I think Diggs is better than Adams. Uh, $30 million guaranteed to, was it Allen Robinson? So like that's kind of the benchmark. And oh, by the way, Thielen's probably looking around the league right now too after signing that extension a couple of years ago thinking, ah, I need more money too. You know what? What's realistic? Are they they're going to wind up shelling out maybe top five wide receiver money for either Thielen and or Diggs, depending on when Thielen wants to play hardball? I, if you're Stephon Diggs, and you know you're getting Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, do you bet on yourself? Like, do you sign an extension now or say, wait a minute, I did this with Case Keenum last year and Sam Bradford the year before, and Bradford was good, but so I'm an 80 catch wide receiver. And top 20 pro football focus guy with in 2016. Top 10 pro football focus guy this year with Case Keenum. We're going to throw a lot. We're going to be a really good offense. Should I just roll the dice and become a 50 or 60? Sammy Watkins, who had under 40 catches. This is I, like my kill to die on is fantasy stats aren't real football. And like Sammy Watkins is making now, he's going to make $40 million. 
and he had 39 catches last year because his talent level and his value to a team is higher than what his fantasy stats say. And they used him as a deep wide receiver. He can be even more than that. He, Kansas, he was only Kansas City. He was only targeted like 70 times last year. Yeah. So if you double his targets, he actually would have caught 80 passes for like 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns yeah, or something. And they had a ton of playmakers. They were giving the ball to Todd Gurley all the time. They were throwing it to Robert Woods and teams trying to take him away. But but with in the same thing, if you're looking at the yards per target for Stephon Diggs, the contested catches, the the film with his route running and how often he's open, he's one of the top 10 to 15 wide receivers in the entire Mike, NFL. The guy from Tampa got what? Five years, 55 guaranteed. 55 Evans, guaranteed. Mike Evans. Yep. And I think that Stephon Diggs is in his ballpark in terms of talent. And if you're him and you're thinking, man, one season with a better quarterback, I put up big numbers, mm-hmm. I've put myself on tape again, and I'm getting 60 million bucks. I mean, there's desperation for wide receivers. The Dolphins just gave some guy like 24 million. Albert Wilson, just a guy. With just a just a body, and they gave him twenty four million for three years. Wow. So wide receivers are at a premium. Not too many good ones hit the market. I think that that remains possible. That Diggs could be the guy that says, you know what, I'm betting on myself yeah. as opposed to signing the extension now. Well, my value isn't as high. You guys can find an updated list on fifteen hundred ESPN.com from Collar of potential Vikings free agent targets, and you can kind of keep a running tally as. These names fly off the board. So we'll catch you. Purple Podcast, uh, that's a place to subscribe to all week long and 1500ESPN.com.